This is Sports and Torts with David Spada and Elliot Harris on TalkZone.com. We are at Market Bar in Chicago with Janina. Did I say that closely? You said it perfectly. Beautiful. (laughs) I'm ahead of Jenny McCarthy then, who is one of the participants in Love in the Wild on NBC on Tuesday night, 9 o'clock Chicago time. Is that right? 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock, right. Correct. And tonight was the second episode. Second. And you survived. Here comes it's the train. And the train. And the <laughs> this is giving you that urban gritty feel to it. That's how Chicago is. It's loud. People may recognize you also as being a former Chicago Blackhawks ice crew girl. I was, I was actually missing that because you always said, here's Janina from Ice Crew. Now it's, now it's Janina from Love in the Wild. <laughs> it just keeps getting bigger and better. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Actually. How did you become involved with Love in the Wild? Elliot, you know I work for Chicago Tribune, right? So I was reading one of our publications, Red Eye, and in the back of it, there was an announcement for an audition. And, you know, I was saying, go and ready to mingle, and I said, I'm going to go. I called all my girlfriends. And I told all my single girls, let's go, let's audition, we all have to be in the show. The day of the show, every single one of them bailed on me. And I said, well, I don't care, I'll go. So I showed up. And I think think half of um, this whole auditioning and everything, half of it is showing up. Just be nebulous. They say that, you know, success in life, 90% or so is just showing up. Right. You know, you have to make yourself available. Just the same thing was with the ice cream. You, know, you have to be there. So where, where were the auditions? They were at the Hard Rock Hotel downstairs. They had like a nice area and all these people were showing up and they all had these numbers. and A, a good number of uh, young women show up? Uh, it was a good mix of everything, yeah. I made a good, you know, amount of friends there, too, just mingling and talking to people. And... So what were the auditions like? Just uh, just, an interview session? Just a very, like, short introduction to the girls that were casting. Um, I was going to Costa Rica that night, so... You know, they were asking me, can we do another another on-camera interview? And I was like, no, 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 I'm going to Costa Rica tonight. So they actually set up cameras and stuff, and they gave me that interview that same night. And so I did two two in the same day. So were they specifically looking for a native of Argentina who could ice skate and do all these other wondrous feats? Or or what were the criteria? They said, we want a girl that's like 5'2 from Argentina that speaks Spanglish, that's going to Costa Rica tonight, and it's a little crazy. 
crazy and knows how to ice skate and likes the black hawk. Okay. A little crazy. <laughs> so you were able to fake your way past. <laughs> you didn't show them. You didn't show them total crazy. You have to tell them. You know. Okay. Say, sometimes you dial it down. Sometimes you dial it up. I have my days. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so that's the initial part of the process, and they obviously like that. So is there a second audition? Why right. you go through a couple of auditions, a few questionnaires, and all that, and then they send you to LA where you do a longer kind of you know auditioning and physical tests, psychological tests, and all that. <laughs> you stuff. pass? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I pass. Okay. But they they found out whether you had enough uh, athletic ability to do some of. Right. Yeah. They told me quit smoking, no more cheeseburgers, and get ready. <laughs> I wasn't wait, wait a second. As long as they didn't say quit drinking, you were okay. Drinking is not a problem, okay. as you can see on the show. <laughs> so you so you came back to Chicago, you went to Hi-Fi, you hit the gym. Oh, hell yeah. I was like, Jew, Hi-Fi, I need a trainer. Michelle actually hooked me up. Okay. You know Michelle. Michelle Sotak. Sotak. Former lingerie football league player with the Chicago Blues. Yeah. As, right. as were you briefly. Right. She was a so you, so you blew out a knee or something exciting like that, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Very exciting. <laughs> but you've obviously recovered from that, yeah. judging by the running and jumping and all, all the other yeah. hoops you have to... I was amazed. Through. I was like, this little, you know, knee did really well, so... So the, the physical tests that they had you do, what did that involve? You know, all kinds of things, like, uh, you know, blood tests and then, you know, treadmills. Like, like, so you have to be you know, okay. making sure that your heart, they put your heart to you know. they, they don't want you to die in the filming of the series? You can't. You can't die. That's one <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. Yeah. Resuscitator. <laughs> so, you passed the physical, you passed the psychological. Don't ask me how. I don't know if I did. <laughs> okay. They may have ignored the psychological results. But may, and they may be looking for the crazier people too not you know but by comparison to some of these other women on the show yeah, yeah I was saying right yeah, oh huh. totally <laughs> it's like you see, see some of these people and you go wow they must have really been looking for somebody who's, who's yeah. nuts yeah and I was even surprised myself because you get the small talk during the show but you don't really see everything that's going on until, well, until you actually watch the show and I assume at some point everybody all the, the cast members met one another and they met Jenny McCarthy who's the host of the yes. show and everybody's very cordial and you know smiling and all that good stuff right and then they start the filming and the competition kicks it's in it's on yeah we are all you know we put our game face once it's on it's on we have to win and plus you want to prove to your partner that you're a good competitor and we're there not only to find love but after that, you want to win. Right. <laughs> How did you go about picking your partner? I was number six. We draw numbers. Right. And, there, and, there, and there's seven women. Seven women, seven men. So you had the sixth choice. Six big. And I uh, I got very, very lucky. You know, I stumbled upon happiness, I would say, with, with Ken, you know, for, for a few. Were, were there guys who got picked? One, two, three, four, or five? Who you said, oh, I wanted that guy. Uh, no. Actually, I was just like, 
I was th thinking, oh, no, he's going to be gone by the time it's my turn. I'm like, oh, who am I going to be stuck with now, you know? And, and, I, and I keep thinking, oh, my God, he's still up. And I'm like, oh, my God. one after the other. I'm like, whoa, okay, well, he's still there. So, you know, and Ali was the girl before me, and she picked Jason, and... I was just like, okay, jackpot. He's mine, uh -huh. you know. <laughs> How well did you, did you get to know the guys before the picking process began? About what you see on TV. About five seconds, we oh, show wow. up and they say, pick, you know. So, so it's, it's love is, or the, the quest for love is, is, you never know. So, and you see some of these things working out, some of them not working out. Right. Well, you're based on looks at first. Right. So you're kind of, you're kind of, you know, it's a hit or miss. More like a miss than right. a hit because you're based on looks. Okay. But you get, okay, we got the looks part out of the way, then it gets into the personality portion and the, the, the support that the, somebody else can provide and the, the kindness and things like that. And you have no idea, I would assume. No idea. Plus, we go through every test, not just, you know, the looks and, you know, a little bit of this and that. No, these are real, true, emotional, psychological, physical tests that you go through as a couple. In fact, it's just like within three hours, you get to know so much of your partner that it can be a deal breaker or it can be a bond, you know, that you create with someone. Now, did the, the show's producers tell you what this experience would be like? No, not at all. They just sort of threw you out there? You show up and you're before the, you know, the entrance and, you know, the go line. Jenny McCarthy's there and she tells you what you're, you have to do and... Get ready, you're doing it. <laughs> now, did you watch Love in the Wild, season one? Right. So I you had a certain familiarity with the program. Yes, yes, of course. We all watched the first uh, season. I think everyone in the show watched it. But we had no idea what was coming up. We didn't know any of these twists were happening. We were just, it's going to be like the first, you know, season, you know? Everyone wants to be Samantha and Mike. And, oh, you know, everyone hopes to find out. And you find out that's surprise. And then you go through all that and you're like, wow, this is a little bit of a, a challenge. It's, it's, it's a step up from the first season. I, you know, as these show evolve, you go back to the beginning stage and say, oh, wow, if I could have been on that show, it would have been a piece of cake. Right. No, you can tell. You can tell there's a bigger and better production than the first season. How long you were, this was done on location in the Dominican Republic. Correct. How long were you there? We filmed, it was, uh, it was uh, throughout the course of a month. So we had a we had quite a a long journey so for you, everybody. How do you say to your boss, you know, I got to take a little time off of work. I'm, I have to go to the Dominican Republic to do, to, to do this uh, NBC television show. I'll, I'll see you in a month. Right. You, you never know. You don't know if you're going to go back home. You don't know if you're going to stay. So you have to tell your boss, you know, see you later. I have to, <laughs> I, I could be back tomorrow. I could be back in the Right. Album. And plus, you don't know, because even if you get kicked out of the show, you might stick around, because there's so many twists in the show right. that everyone stays for a similar time. 
Well, you don't know. Like tonight on the, the second episode, we saw Tim, who's also from Chicago, get kicked off. But that doesn't mean that he might not come back at some point no, somehow. you never know. Plus, I'm thinking, you know, Summer, Summer will always regret that decision. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't know what's, ha- what's happening. So people can come back, people can leave. You know, new girls are coming in, as we saw. Now, Tim's downfall, it would appear, would be taking the cake and putting it on his partner's hair. Had he taken the cake, put it in her face, do you think that, that might have been a survivable offense? Right. I feel like it was the, the problem was we all had a bad hair day in the Dominican Republic. It's humid. It's bad. It took all the girls forever to, you know, get ready. So Summer was just, like, so excited about her hair being so nice. And then Tim does that. It was, it was like a... As bad as a slap in the face, but... But worse. <laughs> Did ever, anybody so. tell her, hey, your hair wasn't that great to begin with? No, it wasn't great! <laughs> you, don't, you don't tell that to a woman, do you? No, her I'm, hair I'm, still, great. I'm like, still learning. <laughs> I feel like this is a bad thing to do to a girl. You, you can do it to a guy. Yeah. No, and Summer is such, such a competitive person, and she's just like so dominant that you just don't do that to something. You respect the Summer man, okay? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> you don't, don't mess around. No. The, the physical challenges that you have to do as the series goes on, do they get even more difficult? They do. They do. Um, you'll see. There's a lot more coming up. There's a lot more... Um, they, lost, they lost me tonight when... When the woman had to jump, God, God knows how far down yeah, into right. that water, and I'm thinking, who knows what's in the water? One, who knows how? De- I assume the producers made sure it was deep enough, but it's like, yeah, you don't know. Right. I, and I remember submerging in there and just thinking to myself, it took forever to come back up. Right. Um, yeah, the going down then becomes the, the easy part. It's like, can I get to the surface in time? It was. It was weird. And the funniest thing is, in our map, it's said that we were ha- we had to swim across a pond. We didn't know we were jumping. <laughs> we were like, ah, well, we got no, this. We no got problem. this. Well, you're going to swim with the net, or, you know, but it wasn't. Without revealing any secrets, were your ice skating skills be a part of this? Not at all. We, we, we need a winter version of this, right? And the funniest thing is that I almost fell and plowed and face plants in every adventure. Knowing that I'm a good skater, I can have my balance. Zero balance. For some reason, I was just like, wow. This is weird. Now, you obviously can't reveal how far you go and, and whether you find love and things like that. But... That's that, that why we will tune in every week. That, that, that the hook, to see if you're still around week after week after week. Well, you know, there's a, a lot of couples that are still together. So you'll have to tune even, in. Even after the show. After the show, yes. So you 
you have to tune in and find out who is Kapodar. And, you know, just watch the show. Tune in. It, it, it keeps getting better and better. That's one thing we can promise. Now, as a woman in her early 30s, you were going up against women in their younger 20s. Younger, yeah. What, what sort of challenge did that present? Any? Oh, yeah, of course. I was always, you know, self-conscious. And... But you have the knowledge, right? You have a... <laughs> yeah. But if you lose your head, even if it's for three seconds, and you can't read the map, right, you end up doing the wrong thing. So there's always different. So you have to be really a complete package to actually go through an adventure. Or have a good partner that can actually follow, <laughs> you know, and like follow directions well, whether it's a map or your actual partner that can read it. <laughs> there's something to be said for life experience too so as you grow older and hopefully a little bit wiser but certainly more experienced you're able to cope with some of these challenges uh, maybe a 20 something right. who's encountering something for the first time oh, yeah. unable to go yeah, now what do I do you have to keep your cool and you know the younger ones you can tell that sometimes they lose their heads or they keep chasing their own tail you know which was fun to watch <laughs> well, definitely fun fun to watch and we will keep watching throughout the summer. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Elliot. Always a pleasure. Every Tuesday at 9 Central Time. I'll be there. So did she win? Or she can't divulge it? I didn't press her for, you know, what... But the final outcome, I'm sure she's signed to a confidentially, confidentiality agreement. And to it, watch it's, on Tuesday. It's, it's much more fun to draw it out over the course of the summer and, and see how it all goes. So it's not like The Apprentice where the last show was live and they have the final two. It's, I don't think so. I think they spent, uh, as Janina said, about a, a month in the Dominican Republic. Shooting. Roughing it. Well, some of, some of the accommodations are... are a lot nicer than others, you know. Some of them are like, okay, we're going to go pitch a tent, and that's what you sleep in. That, that's for the people who don't do well. The people that do do well, luxurious uh, hotel accommodations going, that doesn't look too bad. How did they get them out of there? <laughs> I don't know. I see there's a trial going on now. What, one ended, another one's in the middle of it? That's what, keeps, that's what keeps you in business, right? Exactly. If, what is the Roger Clemens trial ended? They're just waiting, and now we got the Sandusky one. Right. Are are we a too litigious society? This Sandusky. He, thing. he asked the lawyer. I ne- need ne- litigious. Never, never litigious enough, right? I need. I have mouths to feed. More litigious. Oh, okay. We need. But no, with this Sandusky thing, when I heard what came out with this Graham Spanier, where he was talking with the vice president, and they had an investigation. They said it would be humane to basically protect Sandusky. What is humane about protecting a child molester or alleged child molester? What it does is it, uh, for lack of a better term, it tends to cover your ass as a university, assuming that none of this stuff ever comes out. As a university, you want to be associated with uh, a child molester, a a predator, I don't think so. But so you it's see like how this... we're going to sweep this under the carpet. Guess what? The, the room got bigger than the carpet covered. Isn't it amazing that they subpoena the documents and then right before trial they comply with the subpoena? You don't think that the Penn State officials were on Sandusky to cop a police for this information to come out? Because this is going to cost them tens of millions of dollars in civil suits. Oh, I can't even begin to, to think what the price to be paid is. 
in financial terms, in uh, prestige, all, all sorts of ramifications. What I don't understand, I'm not a lawyer, so I look at this case and the prosecution puts on its case first, and everything that has gone on in the courtroom has been to Sandusky's detriment. At some point, the prosecution rests, then the defense puts on its, its case in chief. I, I, for the life of me, I can't. Who are they going to call? That's what well, I don't get. Well, character witnesses. They'll have what his wife say, what a nice guy he is. Right. Other people from the Second Mile Foundation. Right. And you know, I, I don't understand it. The defense lawyer says that they may call Sandusky, and I'm thinking. How badly do you want to lose this case? Uh, as a lawyer, if you have a doubt about your client, you don't put him on because nothing good could happen by putting this guy on. And even and so the jury makes that assessment. And then if you do put him on and he's not good, that's worse than not putting him on, right? Because here's the thing. I mean, they've got to turn the tide here. they got to make all these victims look like they're in it for the money, which it's going to be hard to do when you have all, multiple victims. Right. And these jurors all know what's going on. you got to be living in a bubble not to know about this investigation, even if they say they don't know. And a lot of them are Penn State alum, people involved with Penn Every, State. Everybody around there has some sort of tie to ben, Penn State. It's, it's almost unavoidable. Look at the judge, they, with the paternal with his estate. They sealed the will. They didn't even know who signed the order sealing it. And they're trying to call the chief judge, and there's been no return phone calls. Don't you think the chief judge is the one who sealed that? Because no judge is going to want to do that because they're going to have the chief judge up their butt if they sealed it. So the chief judge, I'm guessing, sealed it. And I did a little background research. He went to Penn State. He's involved with some children's charities for abuse, things like that. So, I mean... There's no degrees of separation here, like you said. No, I mean, everything seems so intertwined. And you have the governor, who at the time of these initial allegations was the attorney general, who seemed to just sort of sit on things. And now he's become a little more active. It It's very disturbing on so many levels. You think there's going to be civil trials? There's no way the state's going to want these civil trials going on. They're going to be big settlements here. Just settle because we don't want even more information to come out. But what sort of plea can Sandusky cop to? I don't know if there was even an offer made to him. That might be part of the problem. They might not have made an offer because they figured if we make this guy an offer, it's going to be not enough, people are going to say. Right. I mean, the guy should be, if he's guilty, which people can make that assessment, he should be behind bars the rest of his uh, life. He's what, 72, 73? So you give him 25 years, that's life in prison. So he's basically got nothing to lose to go to trial. Maybe this guy is crazy enough to say, let me testify. And then you say, okay, I have 25 years, and then how many years of that do I have to serve before I can get out? You know, I I think... Oh, he's not going to make it a prison. They'll have to sequester him because not, they'll have to basically have him in solitary confinement or his own cell because someone's going to sit there and take him out. Because yeah. he's a child monster, don't do well in jail. Right. Famous people don't. Yeah, he's not going to end up in a country club jail, right? Look at Merriweather. He wants out of jail because he's dehydrated. What, what is he? He lost his appeal to get out of jail, but the appeal was it was substandard food and water. <laughs> what? What's he expect? The Ritz Carlton? That's what I'm saying. Sandusky, maybe he'll come up with that. This is inhumane conditions here. 
But yeah. no, I mean, it's the same thing. It it's makes, like, don't you know who I am? I'm it's, Floyd it's Mayweather. It's affecting my Jr. ability to make money. Don't you think beating your wife? Yeah, well, i got to keep in practice somehow. What's that question? When did you stop beating your wife? Yeah. I heard that today on the radio about that Jim Rome uh, with, with David Stern. When when David, uh, when Jim Rome asked David Stern about with whether the draft lottery. lottery was fixed. No. And David Stern responds, when did you stop beating your wife? It's like, <laughs> huh? Isn't David Stern supposed to be a, a, a little bit above that? Isn't he also supposed to be a little smarter to be able to deal with that? I That sort of flippancy certainly doesn't ease any. But then he turns the table on Rome saying, basically, that's how you made your name. And goes at Rome, and then Rome, whoa, 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 then Rome got offended here. But isn't Rome the guy who called Jim Everett Chrissy Everett? Yeah. And then, and then Stern gets a little snipe, and yeah, I got to do an interview now with uh, Stephen Smith. So he must like Stephen Smith, or gave him a lot of publicity. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a very strange world in which we live. And uh, one of the strange things is baseball. R.A. Dickey throws a one-hitter for the New York Mets, and the Mets are appealing the official scorer's call. It was a, a first inning little grounder off the bat of B.J. Upton. David Wright tries to field bare hand to, to throw him out, misplays the ball. The scorer calls it a base hit. You know, I Dickey doesn't give up any hits the rest of the game. And so now, after the fact, the Mets want to appeal that call. I mean, that's... If that's not insanity, it's just goofiness of the... Uh, so the Tigers do the same thing with Galarraga a couple of years ago, saying yeah, the guy the was out at first base. Where the ump blew the call? Yeah. Make it a retroactive, perfect game? No. But I guess uh, when although, you wait... Although this is questioning an official scorer's decision as opposed to questioning an umpire's decision, and we know umpires are infallible where official scorers, you know, they make mistakes, right? It's It, it makes no sense to me. The Mets recorded their first no-hitter with Johan Santana against the St. Louis Cardinals. Carlos Beltran hits a ball that hits on the line, and the umpire rules it a foul ball. Otherwise, it probably goes for double. That, that's baseball, you know. Just, And I know the St. Louis papers put an asterisk on the headline for the no-hitter, and, you know, some people made fun of him. It's baseball. It's life. Move on. We want to thank our guests today, Frank Gifford and Janina Bakaria of Love in the Wild. Thank our sound man extraordinaire, Dave Olson, another fine job. And next week, I think we're going to have a couple uh, Hall of Famers or a potential Hall of Famer and a Hall of Famer, Billy Cunningham and Maury Wills, if we, everything works out. Sounds good to me. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned again next week.